But if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 1. <coughs> Luke chapter 1 is where I'm going to be reading from today. And uh, I'm going to try to bring God's Word to you the best I can today. I, I told my wife this morning, you know, you went to the doctor, they, they gave me about uh, six medicines, two shots, and I feel like the hook. <laughs> I want to turn something over. You know how steroids, but I feel really bad. <laughs> I don't know how those two things can go together, but I started wanting to go outside last and let's see if I can turn my truck. I wonder if I can pick it up. <laughs> Maybe years ago I might have come close, but I don't think I can do it now. But it does weird stuff to you, doesn't it? <clears throat> uh, I'm thankful to God for every day of life. Let us never take any of it for granted. I want to tell you something this morning as I begin. God laid this on my heart and I want you to hear something. If you hear nothing else, hear this. Did you know this morning that God loves you? Maybe you hadn't been told lately or somebody hadn't told you they love you, but I want to tell you something. God loves you. Every single one of you. And he loves you with a love that is far beyond anything this world can ever think or imagine. No matter who close to you, how close of relationships you have in this life, not to minimize that at all, but I want you to know something. God loves you in a love in a way that nobody else can. And I pray this day and on this, during this service that you just sense God's love and his presence and uh, <clears throat> that God will reveal that love to you because God has done everything necessary to let you know and not only know up here, but know in here that he loves you. We're gathered here today and we continue to gather here until the Lord comes. That's what we're commanded to do, right? We're commanded to, to come and to worship together. And uh, I'm so grateful that you're here today. And I want you to know God loves you. He loves you. Luke chapter 1, starting uh, in verse 46. <clears throat> and Mary said, My soul magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. And he has regarded the lowly and stated of his, the state of the, his handmaid servant. And behold, see I can't even see, my eyes are crossing. For behold, henceforth all generations will come, will call me blessed. For he, is, he who is mighty has done great things for me. The holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him. For generation to generation he has shown strength. With his arms, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. I love that phrase. Verse 52. He has put down the mighty from their thrones, exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with great things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel. In remembrance of his mercy, has he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. You know, I want to read these words this morning because I want to share with you a message entitled, The True, the True Spirit of Christmas. The True Spirit of Christmas is what I want to share with you this morning. Would you pray with me? <coughs> Father God, I do love you today, and I'm so thankful you love us. God, we're so undeserving of your love, but yet you did everything necessary, everything needful to come to this world and show us how much you love us. 
And today I am so thankful, Father God, that you don't just love us with your words. You've loved us with your actions, with your life, with everything that was necessary to redeem a wayward people. And Father, this is the, the joy that we as Christians today come together and celebrate. It's a celebration, or it should be, every week just to give thanks for your love for us. God, help us today. I pray your Holy Spirit will move in and through every heart and every pew and, and, and begin with me, Lord. Begin with me. God, thank you for every day of life. Thank you for your protections. Thank you for your mercy that every single one of us continue to benefit from every day. For your word says where sin abounds, mercy is furthermore abounds above it. Father, I am so grateful for your mercy. And Father, today I pray that you speak to your people through your word and through your Holy Spirit that just for a little while we can be attentive and listen and we can receive what you have for us and leave this place and enter the mission field that's outside these walls and tell somebody else that God loves them and he sent his son to show them. Father, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you know or experience, some of you are not there yet, you will be, but how many of you know that you get in a position in life, how many of you know that men and women uh, that are married sometimes argue? <laughs> I, uh, those kids that ain't married, they look at them like, what does that mean? I don't know. But how, how many of you believe that, uh, that married sometimes, occasionally now, a man and a woman will disagree, a married couple? <laughs> They'll disagree. Um, you know, I start with saying this because the story I heard some years ago that <clears throat> is so funny but true, that a man and a woman was up in age and uh, he was fussing at her because she couldn't remember anything. Now, I don't know how that helps. You know, I mean, fussing at somebody don't help them be able to, to remember better. But he was fussing at her and you just don't ever remember anything. And she'd come back at him and she'd say, well, you don't remember anything either. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember things. I don't remember things, but why you blame me all the time? Well, we're going to the doctor. He says, we're going to get to the bottom of this. So they went to the doctor, and he took control of the situation. He told the doctor, he said, my wife can't remember nothing, and I need you to help her. She just shook her head, didn't say nothing. So finally the doctor said what he was going to say, did what he was going to do. They came home that night and he says, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. You can't remember. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go to the kitchen. I want you to fix me two scrambled eggs and I want them scrambled hard. I want you three strips of bacon and I'll tell you what else I want. I want toast and I want it buttered on both sides and I want it brown just like I like it. Now I want you to go to the kitchen and do all that and come and bring it back to me. I bet you can't remember it. She didn't say nothing. She just left, walked into the kitchen, the door shut, pans was shaking and things was moving and things was happening. And then she comes back out the door and, you know, had him a plate and it had a ham sandwich on it. <laughs> and he looked at her and he said, I see, I told you you couldn't remember. I did not ask for lettuce or tomato on my sandwich. <laughs> now, I want to tell you something. It is easy. It is easy to look at other people's lives and make judgments. But it is not so easy to look at yourself. Isn't that true? 
It's easy to look at other people's lives and, and walk around mad at the world because of somebody else. Anybody ever done that? Mad, throwing stuff. Because somebody else said something or didn't do, so, didn't do something you liked or whatever. I mean, we always making judgments. And listen, what some of the judgments we make may be right. But I'm going to tell you what Jesus did. He came to change things. He came to be a light in the midst of the darkness. How many of you believe that's true? Amen. This time of year, we often hear about the spirit of Christmas. And I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> I love Christmas time. I mean, because people do act different, don't they? Sometimes they even smile. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, but they call it the spirit of Christmas. But I want to tell you, there is a true spirit of Christmas, but his name is Jesus. It's not what the world says it is. It's not just because gifts are purchased and food is, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm with you on all that. You'll never hear this preacher talk about food or gifts. I mean, hey, I love it. I mean, you know, wonderful time of year to celebrate. But I want to tell you what this real spirit of Christmas is. It's the fact that Jesus came into this world and now lives within your heart. All this other stuff is just man-made. It's the world stuff that some of it we enjoy and some of it we probably enjoy too much. But, but the reality is this, is that Jesus Christ came to change us. He came to save us. He came to do what no one else could do in your life. And the good news this morning is, listen, God is perfect. He doesn't need to change. Therefore, He's qualified to do and should be Lord of your life this morning because He is completely qualified to be your Lord and your Savior. But I ask you this morning, when Jesus shows up, things change. Let me give you an example. I could stand here for hours and go from the beginning of this book to the end of this book and show you how that is true. I challenge anyone to show me a place in the Bible, a story, a parable, a historical narrative, anything you want to find in the Bible, you, you show me a place where it shows you that Jesus or God showed up and things didn't change. I challenge you to find that. And one of the stories that I'm going to share with you this morning is, is one of thousands that are recorded in Scripture. But could you imagine being Mary and could you imagine being Joseph? Can you imagine? I mean, they had their life planned out. They had things moving forward. And they didn't ask. They didn't knock on the door and ask for any of this to come into their life. But what happened was this. God chose them and God allowed this to happen in their life. And God invaded their life. And things began to change. Now sure, we can talk about Mary and Joseph must have been some pretty special people. But let me tell you something. I can tell you on the authority of God's word, they weren't perfect people. That's why I never worshipped Mary. I worshipped Jesus. Right? So, but they were, had to be good people that God had planned and prepared. And, 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 and their life changed completely. When Jesus showed up. 
When Jesus shows up, the mindset begins to change. When Jesus shows up, the plans in your life may begin to change. Maybe even the direction of your life may begin to change. The purposes, the things in which you once held so dear to you may change. I remember growing up and I remember before I came to Jesus, there were certain things that it was in my life that I thought I'm going to spend a whole lifetime just pursuing those things. Some of those things I hadn't even thought about in 30 years. Did I get up one day and go, hmm, you know, I'm just going to forget about that. No, God changes things. I look at my life and I realize that when God shows up, our hearts change. There's a, there's a theology today that is in the world, and I won't get into that. I won't get on to that, but it's true. There's a theology that's popular today in this world, and, and, and what it's done is it's just kind of did like the old Romans did in their day. It just says that you just kind of add Jesus and the knowledge of Jesus to your life, and that's all that's really needed. And one day you'll go to heaven, and, and, but God never has to change anything. You never really have to repent. You never really have to come to Jesus. You never have to really live as a disciple. You never have to really do anything. You never even have to grow up as a Christian. You just have to just, just understand these facts and then boom. One day you can live like the devil and go straight on to heaven. But I want you to show me in the Bible where that happened. Where that happened. I'm not talking about works because we're not saved by works. I'm not talking about Perfection, because there is no perfection in this life for us. But what I am talking about is that when Jesus shows up, things begin to change. Mary and Joseph's life changed. Can you imagine being Mary? Wow. Probably 15 years old, maybe. 15, 16, maybe. And God comes to her and the words that I just read to you are words from her voice. Can you, she sings, what is she saying? She's saying, I praise God and I magnify him and I rejoice. How many people have known that my whole life, can you imagine what she must have thought? What is Joseph going to think? <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it. We've sat under the moonlight and we've talked about our futures and what we're going to do and how life's going to change. But but man, where did this come from? And God brought this thing and she believed it and she trusted and she worshiped. Yes, Mary was a special person. Not to be worshiped though. She was a very special person and God chose her for that purpose and for that time and for that reason. And could you imagine being Joseph? Not married in that day and time. Engaged is what we would call it. And they would have called it something different in that day. Preparing to be married, to have a life and a home together, and here she is with child. Now, can't you see going through the market, Fred, Fred, there she is. Who? You know, that little girl. Look at her. Man, I'm going to tell you something. God sure did pick some amazing things to do what he did, didn't he? That he would take a little girl that's 15 years old and he would, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the virgin birth, give us the Son of God. What an incredible thing. 
And that's where the spirit of Christmas begins. It, it begins with the virgin birth. It begins with the fact that God came to this earth to do what? To change our hearts, to change our minds, to change our plans, to change our directions, to change our futures and our actions, even still today. As I look at Mary and Joseph's life, I wrote down a couple things if I can remember them. I don't know. I, wrote, I didn't write them all down, but I thought about Joseph and I thought about how when God did this wonderful thing that Joseph took Mary and he continued on and participated in God's plan for their lives and for the world. May not sound like much to us today, but if you had been in Joseph's shoes in those days, he would have been looked at as complete, well, I'm not going to say the word, but you know what I mean, not very wise for doing so. I want to tell you that sometimes serving God and making decisions and living for Jesus and doing the things God has called you to do looks foolish to the world. And sometimes people will call you foolish for, for doing what God has called you to do. But they did it anyway. They charged forward and they let God's plan as God moved it forward in their lives. They, they submitted to God and they, Mary worshipped and Joseph worshipped God, I believe in my heart. And they, their lives were changed forever. Mary, probably the Bible says, according to this text, she praised God. She gave thanks to God. I want to ask you this morning, this time of year, there's a lot of things that discourage us. But I want to ask you, there's a lot of things that's going on that are discouraging. and hard. I'm, I'm weary from some of this. Are you? But how many times do we just stop and thank God for today? And thank God for the Jesus who came and the real spirit of Christmas who is Jesus Christ in your heart. Amen. His song said it all. Why is it only just a couple weeks a year that we feel the love and humility and a spirit of giving? It's because we're, we're trained to do this. Like, like you train an animal to, to do this and do that. Somebody told me the other day they trained their cat to go uh, I'll sit in, in on the toilet and use it. Now that's amazing. I'd like to see that. I don't have a cat anymore, but I'd, I'd like to train mine if I had one. That would be worth watching, wouldn't it? But we're conditioned to think that we can only give at Christmas. We can only eat cranberry. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Some of you know, mama knows. We can only eat cranberry salad just Christmas and Thanksgiving. Not all year long. My mom gets that joke. <laughs> but we're conditioned to think that all the things that we feel because we want to help each other and love one another and surprise people, why is it just a few weeks a year? And it's like magically on December the 26th, our head spins around and we become totally, now it's back to the same old way of life. We're trained. But I want to tell you something, and this is true in my heart, I believe it, that God can give us that, the, the love, 
And that spirit of generosity, that spirit of forgiveness, that spirit of, of humility all year round. And it doesn't come from anything else other than Jesus. It amazes me, <laughs> talking about being trade, it amazes me that people who hate each other all year long will come together one, one day a year at Christmas and smile, eat together, and then go out the door cussing each other out behind their breath. <laughs> Isn't it true, though? We're trained. But God doesn't just change one day of the year. He doesn't just change a week of the year or a season of the year. God came to change your life forever. And you and I can look at each other all day long and we can make judgments. Well, so-and-so ain't what he's supposed to be. You know what I was, I was told by a wise man this week? He said, if you look at the judgments you make against other people and you, and you constantly make those judgments, really what you're doing, if you turn around and really look at it, is you're describing yourself. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I want to tell you this morning that God wants to change our lives. And listen, some of you have been Christians longer than I've been alive. Maybe. I don't know. I'm getting kind of old, so I can't use that one much anymore. But maybe a few of you. We won't raise, we won't raise hands and ask, okay? Um, but, some, but many of you, some of you maybe have known the Lord certainly longer than I have. And I want to ask you something. Elder you get, don't life seem to get a little more, the path gets a little more narrow because you know it's, it's getting closer to going home? And don't you want this, this, some people have said the seasons of life, you have the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, and then you got that fourth quarter. And um, don't you want that first or that second or that third or even the fourth? Don't you want it to be the best one of all? Let me tell you, the only one that can do that is Jesus. If this church will ever grow and reach and do more things that, that we want to do in our hearts, and, you know, that we want to do for Jesus, it's going to be through Jesus, through you and me and all of us reaching out with the love of Jesus to, to lost people. To hurting people. If Jesus can do all the things he's done, why do we doubt so much that he can't do the things that we want him to do for his glory? God wants people saved. God wants people's lives to change. God wants people's lives to be transformed to the image of his son Jesus. And that is the wish, that is the hope for everyone, when we go out here and share Jesus with somebody, we're not just sharing a story. We're sharing a person who came to this earth through a virgin birth, was born and lived 33 perfect years. He lived. He faced the devil head on without sin, defeating him forever. He looked at the law and kept it perfectly, which none of us could ever do. 
His blood and His sacrifice was a means by which we could be saved. The cradle of the Jesus, that place Jesus was born, there in that manger as He was swaddled up in those clothes. Listen, it's a beautiful story, but it was a story that headed to the cross. That took Him to the cross. And I am so grateful, church. Listen to me. I am so grateful today that's not the end of the story. Because it would be a sad day if that was the end of the story. He came not just to live, not just to die, but he came to rise in victory over sin and death and the enemy and the world and that sin which held you to death, that enslaved you and had dominion over you at birth. Listen to me. Please listen. That's why he came. People say, why does people get so sensitive when we say uh, we shouldn't say Merry Christmas anymore? Because there is no Christmas without Jesus. The world's Christmas isn't the same as the real Christmas. And the real Christmas lives inside of you if you are his child. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that spirit has the power and the privilege and the ability to live, to function all year long. I just pray this for me. I pray it for you. I don't stand here today before you as a perfect man in any way. But I stand before you knowing without any doubt in my heart who I can tell you who he is. And his name is Jesus. And he started out in a manger. He journeyed through the leper colonies and he raised the dead and he cast demons into swine and he healed the blind and he, he helped crippled children and adults and women and men. He went to places no one else would ever go. He went even to saw that lady down on the corner that everybody just whispers about because of her life and what she does for a living. He went to her house and told her, who he was and love, shared the love of his life, shared his love with her through telling her that she can be forgiven. He went through all the muck and the mire of this life. If you notice, Jesus never went to Beverly Hills. There wasn't no Beverly Hills, but you get my point. He never went, as, as Mary said, to the rich people because the rich people were too busy living for Jesus. They didn't need Jesus. Nothing wrong with being rich if you if you'd use it for Jesus, but the problem is most people that have a lot think they don't need Jesus. So he went to those who had nothing that they might listen and hear. And every one of you, he lived that kind of life and then he was betrayed by his own. By his own. He was betrayed, he went to trial after trial and he, he was judged even though he had done nothing wrong. And he went to the cross, carried it up the hill himself till he collapsed and another man had to help him carry it because his human body could no longer take the weight of it. He wore a crown of thorns and they usually, they hung him on the cross, they spit upon his body, they beat him with, with, with leather straps till his back was ripped open in the back. Gashes. He hung on a cross. 
and he died. And three days later, what happened? He arose. That baby that was born was the one and only child, the one and only Son of God, the one and only Son of Man, who can not only give you the truth, but can change your life. The spirit of Christmas is the real spirit of Christmas is the spirit of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. And I pray today that you encourage to know that Jesus lives in your heart. If he doesn't, then I pray before this day is over, you'll come to somebody, me, call me, whatever. And let me, and let me help you understand how to come to Jesus. How to give your life completely and truly. I don't mean just pray a prayer. I mean truly pray a prayer of forgiveness and repentance and sincerity. As Paul said, a prayer of sorrow. To come unto Jesus and surrender your life to Him. And make Him both Savior and Lord of your life. I'd love to see and be able to feel the joy sometimes I feel at Christmas all year long, wouldn't you? Well, you can. It's through Jesus. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this time of year. <clears throat> We're thankful that it is a time when people stop and quit being so busy. And they stand still long enough to think about somebody other than themselves. I'm so thankful today for this time of year when they are even the world that is don't know you are generous and think of others. But Father, I know that if it isn't real, if it isn't genuine, December the 26th, it all goes back to normal. God, let that not be said of us. Let that not be done in our lives this morning. The joy we feel and the things that we celebrate, Lord, that's okay, we'll celebrate, but let us never forget what it's all about. Let us let our children never forget what the true spirit of Christmas and who the true spirit of Christmas really is. And Father, in the midst of this, God, may you continue to pour out your spirit on our lives and in this church. May your hedge of protection be around us. And may you guide us every step of the way that you have for us to go. For without you, Father, we are blind and in the darkness and we do not know which way to go or what to do. But Father, you are our light and we come to you asking for guidance for wisdom, and for your power and strength to change us from the inside out. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit. And thank you for your word. And thank you for your church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.